Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. Uh, We're back today after a short unplanned hiatus due to technical difficulties in real life. Uh, So I'm your host for today, uh, Rich Polly, and joining me is Colin Brown. Hello. And special guest all the way from the greatest town in the United Kingdom, Gary McDowell. Hello there. Uh, So that's Bangor, Northern Ireland, in case you were wondering, which is where I'm from as well. So... (laughs) That is where you're from, isn't it, Gary? I'm not making a leap. You're going to say, no, I'm from Belfast or something. Uh, I'm from Balamina. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> right. Get him off fine. the show. But it's kind of close. It's around it's, the corner. It's just around the corner, yeah. That's where all the sheep are from. Right. There, <laughs> so, <don't we? laughs> so um yeah, we've got um we've got Gary on the show today, um, because uh, a bunch of the cis takers, basically everybody from the podcast, um, apart from me, uh went to Cork uh, last weekend. Um so uh, and Gary, uh you did all right in that tournament. We'll come on to talk about that in a in a wee while. Um so welcome to the show, Gary. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for taking the time to join us again after the technical difficulties. <laughs> so, right. Um, very happy to so, be here. <laughs> smashing. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is obviously the tournament uh, over in Cork. Um, so it's, this is the second hyperspace trial that's been on the island of Ireland. Is that correct? That's correct. So we had one for 2019's world, and this is a, the second one we've had for 2020's world. Okay, how many players were there? Was it was it a big one? Twenty nine total, I 29. believe. So that's basically every player from Ireland plus some in, uh, infiltrators from England. Yeah, uh, not quite every player, but I would say ninety percent. Okay, players. so it's a, it's quite a small but perfectly formed community, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So I, I was over. When was I over? It was a couple of months ago, wasn't it? I was in yeah, Bangor and played. Met, met a few of you and it was a really good welcoming group of people so it was a good laugh to play against and I was gutted I couldn't make it over to Cork um, so uh, but Colm you did go to Cork how did you find it as a visitor? As a visitor I thought it was great genuinely one of the nicest rooms I've played X-Wing in everyone was super friendly super friendly yeah. super cheerful and intelligible to you as a near native as well near native hold on <laughs> We're going to have to have words. Expat. <laughs> Expat. All right. So I just want to um I just want to have a quick chat through um a few bits and bobs about the about the 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 event itself. So um I mean we might as well start with our our regular uh host/co-host column. How did you get on uh when you were in Cork? Uh so I did okay. I uh I brought 5 A-wings. Just the kind of standard build of, you know, the Bartage has been using to success with the two blues, mm-hmm. Ari, Greer, and Tally. Um, and I thought they were pretty good. You know, I was having a little bit of a wobble before going up on whether I would bring them or not, and I just stuck with it. Uh, I ended up going 4-1 in Swiss, coming second. Mm-hmm. My loss was to our esteemed guest, Gary. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not bitter about it. <laughs> uh, and then... <laughs> So yeah, that got me into cuss, and then on which was on day two, and then yeah, I got knocked out first round of cut by uh, Craig, Craig McKinnis. And what was Craig? What was Craig flying? What, he was uh, flying what um, a four ship resistance. So he had Bastion, Jess, Nien, 
Um, and then a blue squadron recruit A-Wing with intimidation. Cheeky. It was pretty cheeky. It was a really close game. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really close. Pretty much the last dice roll of the, the game could have decided it. Uh, and it was a great game. I enjoyed it a lot. Craig is a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. But, I mean, you can't so, win them all. No, but top eight, so well done. Well done. And some nice swag to take home with you as well. So that's always good. Um, Gary, how did you do? I also went 4-1 in the Swiss. My uh, loss was to Darl McDowell, mm-hmm. um, playing the four-ship I-4 Separatist list that uh, Cormac uh, and Deal, I think, played at a mm-hmm. hyperspace just the week before. Um, so I lost that game by nine points, and then <clears throat> I just, uh, my other games were all, I think, sort of 100-point victories, give or take, you know, a few points either side. So played, first round was against uh, Chertek, Grievous, Sunfac. Uh, round three was against Calm with his five A's. Round four was against Bob D with his uh, four-ship Rebel Beef. Um, mm-hmm. And then round five was against uh, Darren Granger, playing his variant of Republic Beef. Um, and then <clears throat> moved into the top cut on day two, beat uh, Quad Inquisitors in the quarters, beat a Separatist Swarm with Chertek in the semis, and then I beat Imperial Aces in the finals to win. Well done. Congratulations. I Thank you very much. That does sound... I mean, it was one of the, the questions that I was going to come on to was about what the meta was like, like in the room. It sounds like it was quite varied. I mean, looking down at it, there does appear to be quite a lot of Separatists, quite a lot of Republic, and then a smattering of everything else. Is, is that what it felt like when you were playing? It, it felt very much that there wasn't as many aces in the room as I was expecting, uh, and a little bit more beef than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. So your yeah. your one loss all weekend was against Daryl, who topped Swiss. He went five yeah. and zero. Um, just to mention that list because it is going to crop up. It's um, it's the four I four separatists. It's um, the Petranki Arena Ace. So he's the I four. Um, What's it called? Oh, the uh, word's gone. Nantex. Nantex, thank you. Uh, within Snare, then Chertek within Snare. General Grievous with Impervium Plate and Solus 1 and Outmaneuver, so loaded to the gills. And then DBS 404 with Advanced Proton Torpedoes, Six Dice of Pain, uh, Afterburners and Landing Struts. Um, so it's a really neat list. I've played against it once. Uh, Will um, has been on and it is a really solid list. Um, I had everything moving after him though, so it was a bit sad times for Will because I was re, pre, pre-move repositioning all over the place. Um, so that was great fun. But it seems like a really solid list, so that's good. Um, what were you flying, Gary, um, when you won? So uh, I was playing my version of uh, Jean-Luc LaRue's list from Worlds. So mm-hmm. I, I started with that as a base, and then I tweaked over the course of about a month. So I ended up with Wolf with nothing on him, um, Luminara with just Chopper, no configuration, Mm-hmm. Mace with uh, CLT and R4, and Matchstick with an Ion turret and R4. Okay. Coming to exactly 200 points. Okay, so interesting things about this list. Pub quiz um, facts, here you come. All I4, all 50 points. So really Every, easy to one. do. 
exactly 50 points a ship, so really easy to do mid-game maths and um, figuring out your win conditions and stuff. Um, so not the core purpose of putting the list together the way you did, I'm sure, but it's just a nice side effect. It pleases um, pleases me slightly. I, I had sort of intentionally been trying to, maybe not keep them exactly, but kind of close in points to make target priorities a bit of an issue for my opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, uh, like I said, Wolf and Mace are really the damage dealers in that list. Matchstick's an absolute hero because he's, the Ion Turret gives me an element of control. And then, obviously, the denial, the uh, chopper on the Minara, um, makes it really awkward for my, my opponent. And, you know, deciding which one of those to target first is part of the dilemma of playing against the list. Mm-hmm. I mean... There's a lot of stuff in this list that I like, and I mean, we were chatting earlier on today by Messenger about it. Um, I played a couple of games with it last night, um, and it does seem like it's got quite a lot to it, though it's it doesn't seem, when you first look at it, like it's optimised, if that makes sense. It looks like you look at it yeah. and you think you could make this better. Um, yeah, but, I know a lot of people have said things like, like, why don't you put CLT onto Luminara? You could drop Matchstick down to Broadside and stuff like that. Um, but what they don't seem to realise is the list really comes into its own when you get into that initial scrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it doesn't mind taking blocks itself to cause blocks for its opponent because every single ship has passive attack mods, which mm-hmm. Broadside wouldn't offer. You know, Broadside getting a bump and not getting his focus makes him anemic. Um, whereas Matchstick with his rerolls on everything um, was just much better at making sure that damage was consistent. Yeah, so d- did you just throw three target locks on Matchstick at the start of the game? And uh, No, only two. Um, so Wolf and Mace both threw their target locks. Uh, with Luminara, uh, I spent the first two turns just um, burning the charges. Um, okay. Just because I didn't want to go into combat. I know a lot of people like to keep it for the first round of combat. I didn't mm-hmm. like going into combat stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, because it made my movement op- maneuver options then much more limited. Yeah. Uh, it also meant then that because I was burning them so early and I wasn't necessarily getting the engage round three, Numenaria was having to jam herself, so that mm-hmm. target log wasn't doing anything. So, to be honest, with the two rerolls, it, it's really enough. Uh, the, the rare occasions where I really wanted three, I was unlikely to be doing much damage anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting one because I think on um, average dice, one re-roll should be enough. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you're hit, hit focus blank, you re-roll and you blank. Um, and that's, you know, then two and a half. So two or three hits on your ion cannon turret. Um, so, you know, you, you should be, or better than two and a half, actually. So you're really looking at three hits. Um, so two yeah. dice should really secure that, like, <clears throat> most of the time. Um, so, I mean, just um, looking at chop column, um, you've played against this list. Um, mm-hmm. How did you find that Luminara chopper um, piece? Did did that sway the game as you were playing it? Uh, yeah, for a variety of reasons. So when I looked <laughs> at this list, I thought Luminara must die because her ability, like just excluding chopper, her ability is just so good against the advanced optics uh, A wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, she's just got to die immediately. Um, so that's what I tried to do. I wasn't successful, unfortunately. Um, but you were really then, close. Like, I, I was I really close, only, yeah. You got her down to one hull, 
and then I kind of had to be really, really tentative with her. Yeah, but then the thing is, like, once she survived and was then free, and like we were in the scrum, this guy says where it starts to shine, and then all of a sudden Chopper was massive. Like, if I'd killed her, I would have been in a, a, a reasonable position. But then once she survived and she was there, like, with she never really used her ability because she was spending her force on other things and she didn't need to and then chopper there just stripping a focus off and aiming is huge so i thought yeah luminara was definitely effective yeah i mean playing with this last night that luminara's ability plus chopper if you jump into something and then you strip a focus or you jam it um even if it does then shoot you with luminara you can turn a hit down to an eyeball or you can turn a crit down to a hit um, or whatever, and it's like I can guarantee that I'm taking one less damage, and then rolling some dice, or I can roll the dice and hope I don't blank out. Um, so you're guaranteeing yourself one evade with it. So it seems like there's a lot of different little edge cases and use cases for it that are really quite cheeky. Um, you know, where you, you can just minimise the amount of damage that's going in, and then you're still rolling three dice backed up by some force and probably a focus token as well. Um, so. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a really neat list. Here's the the killer question though, Gary. Did you did you eye on anybody off the board at all? No, no, oh, I didn't. Sad, sad times. Um, the I mean the the eye on was always useful. Like I got it on Vader in the final, which made him much more predictable. That was really good for me. Uh, I think the best one I got off was a really really lucky, and I'll hold my hands up and say this, Bob. Um, when I eye on his Cassian at one point, it just took his Cassian completely out of the fight for two rounds mm-hmm. uh, and it just allowed me to focus my four ships and his other three and that that was crucial um you know that kind of board control is what really made the ion stand out for me it was just yeah. the ability to go right that one ship i don't have to worry about next round like i now have one less priority um and i could target my attention elsewhere or or conversely if that is my target priority at the minute you know i know where it's going to be i know where i need to focus my guns uh, and then I can send Luminara in to strip the focus. Yeah, and you've got two ships that can reposition for days. You've got somebody with a turret arc with rerolls, and then you've got somebody with a rear arc, so it's pretty easy to build yeah. a kill box on somebody who's doing a one forward next turn, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. When you know you're doing the, it. So The six firing arc, arcs were crucial. Uh, like They just make it so easy for yourself to make sure that you always have great time on target. It's good. Uh, As I say, I've... Exactly, it makes the A-wings good. You know, it's the time on target. The fact that, you know, when you're doing your turnarounds, when you're not not doing your turnarounds, you you always just have one or two guns that are taking shots that are making sure your opponent's never at rest. Yeah, and I think the... um, It's the same thing with the A-wings. It's not just time on target. It's accuracy of those attacks as well. As you said, they've all got passive mods. So when you're not just relying on your passive mods, you know, you're, you're... doing two, maybe three damage with every attack. So it's, um, you know, you are going to start pushing damage through. Um, so, yeah. yeah, cool. That's really interesting. Thank you very much. Um, can I, can so, I ask a question? Yeah, go on. So when I look at your list, there's not... So Luminara doesn't have the thing, so there's a two-dice attack. Mace needs to line up calibrated to get that extra dice. And then Matchstick, say, at the front is a two-dice attack. So I would think on a Joust maybe not the strongest like it's when it comes into the controlling scrum bit as you say is when it gets strong so how did you approach the um the vulture swarm that you beat in the top eight 
Yeah, no, I, no, I totally see what you're saying there. Yeah, I didn't uh, approach it head on. So um, he set up first in his, well, from my perspective of the board, in my far left corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming down that side, there was a rock at his two and two, a rock at my two and two, and a pretty big gap in the middle there. Uh, and there was like a diagonal channel towards my middle, uh, which is where I set up. Um, I then, so I, I was flying the squad with uh, my stick and wolf at the front. And after the first maneuver, you know, the two ether, ether sprites tucked in behind. So I just edged forward. He, his first maneuver got him clear of his, uh, the 2 2 rock. I checked his dial because I hadn't actually played against vultures that much. Confirmed that his three bank was actually red, so he was unlikely to do it. It was likely to be the two. Uh, and then chose to do a one bank away with my squad, uh, showing them my flank, banking on the fact that the three bank, yes, would have been really hurtful, but the two bank left him at uh, maybe two ships at range three and nothing else in range. So I took a couple of shots into the flank of wolf, which I was happy enough to do. He had I- so his chur tech, he had actually set up in the centre of his board and was coming down towards my list. So I thought with turning the way I did, it scared chur tech off. Uh, and then he committed with his swarm. Uh, I did a 4k then with matchstick, or not matchstick, sorry, with wolf. Which left him only in two firing arcs because of the way he was coming in. Uh, and I did a hard two in with um, my stick Luminara went almost straight up the board and managed to come around a rock that was kind of placed in the centre of the board maybe at range 4 from his board edge uh, so she got out of arc and Mace what, this is the manoeuvre that really scared me instead of following the rest of my guys Mace did a hard one left and came on, on the, the flank of his, his guys so um, I did end up coming into a scrum, but they came in from multiple different angles. So, I mean, that to me sounds interesting, and it tells me something about the manoeuvrability of the ships, because while you were flying them in a box of four, which I wouldn't have expected, um, you were able to break them from that box of four almost into a pincer, um, just from that static position of just occupying a bit of board space and then just dialing in the right moves to do it and then that forces the swarm into a choice um yeah. so you know they go after mace i mean one of the games i played last night mace evaporated on the first or the second engage you know he just died um because he got caught um with a you know what single shot from a, a t70 um but i still managed to pull the game back because of the rest of the ships were there so um yeah it, you can lose stuff i guess um, yeah, so throughout the course of both days, there wasn't a single ship I didn't lose at least once. Um, yeah. And yeah, I never felt that any particular loss was critical. Like any three of those ships together can still play a game. Yeah, and it's Wholesome Republic, isn't it? Because, you know, it's not got regen. So you can yeah. almost see people breathing the sigh of relief when you plonk Republic down opposite them and they go, oh, regen Jedi. And you say, nope, no regen. Just yep. uh, and she's not even got CLT, and you point at Luminara, and they just go, "What?" Um, so, yep. did, did 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 you think that confusion granted you a couple of wins at all? Yeah, I think 
I, I couldn't point to it because obviously the first two games I played were against uh, two two people that I play against regularly. So Andy McGorman in round one, who is from my local area, and Daryl McDowell, who well, uh, I travel down with. Um, both of those players I play on a semi-regular basis and they both sort of had a vague idea what I had been doing with the list over the past month. Uh, and then my last three rounds were against list takers. So from what Colm was, uh, was saying, like he definitely you know, focused in on Luminara, didn't see her as you know the unthreatening ship that most people, I think, seem to think she is. Um, Bob, yeah, I mean, like he, I, I can't say that Bob did anything wrong. Like as I say, I got really lucky with one ion shot on Cassian, which that list of his really, really depended on because he had uh, Brayland as well, and he was uh, doing a lot of stress shenanigans. And then, mm-hmm. like Cassian was the first ship I took out, so that really hampered what he was able to do with his list. Mm-hmm. Um, and then against Darren, I, I actually made the mistake against Darren, so he, he was playing. Uh, Two 104s, um, Obi Wan with um, 7B and Regen, and a broadside, I want to say. Yeah, it was, yeah. So I actually assumed, because there was another list that was almost identical to that, I assumed that he had Chopper on Obi Wan. Mm -hmm. So I actually focused a few of my earlier shots against Obi Wan, trying to get Chopper off the table. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> then so, he regen, regen the shield, and I was like, "What?" Uh, at which point, I just completely changed my target priority. I wasn't scared of it anymore. Uh, yeah, so it was Jody Gardner was flying an identical list to Darren, but with Chopper on Obi Wan yeah. instead of R two. Um, so that was the list that Dave Sutcliffe came second at the IQ hyperspace trial um, in the Northwest here. Um, so that's uh, a. a relatively well-known in the Northwest commodity. Um, and I know Jody has, uh, talks to Dave online a fair bit on the, uh, the X-Wing Slack channel. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's good. Right. Um, thank you very much for that, Gary. That was, uh, that was really interesting, especially for me as I'm thinking about flying this list a bit more. So um, thank Can't you very much for that. that. <laughs> well, I love Chopper. I think Chopper's a great piece. Um, I talked about it a couple of times on the podcast in the past. Um, and I genuinely think that Chopper is hugely underrated. Um, and I'd never have thought of putting Matchstick in instead of Broadside. Um, but, you know, that um, that those those modded shots when you're blocked or when you're K-turning or when you're turning your arc or whatever, um, yeah. they're, they're brilliant. They're just money. Um, so, fantastic. Um, right, so um, we're nearly out of time. Um, just one last thing to say is that um, there has been a short notice announcement of another hyperspace on the island of Ireland. Um, it's in Bangor, Northern Ireland. So if anybody doesn't know where that is, it's about 12 miles down the coast from Belfast. Um, it's on the 15th of December. Is that right? Uh, four, 14th and 15th. So uh, day one will be 14th, 15th will be top cut. Okay. Um, where is it being held in Bangor? Is it at Exploding it, it, Dice, is it? It is Exploding Dice, yeah. Um, okay. They're usually not open, so they're opening just for us on that day, so we'll have the whole space available to us. Nice. And it is a handy little place. It's in an old garden centre, um, so it's a nice, big, open um, space to play in. Uh, so that's Yeah, the, their tables are great. They're actually at a height where you don't have to break your back. Um, 
they've got great facilities in there. What they've done with base is completely volunteer driven. So there's actually a, a volunteer coming in on both days to open up for us. Um, so I yeah, can't be thankful enough to them. Yeah, fantastic. Um, there is a world's invite up for grabs for 2020. Um, so um, that's uh, that, that's something that might encourage some people to go across. And in terms of traveling, um, it is pretty cheap to get across to Bangor. Um, so there's ferries uh, and planes from um, all major ports. For So plane tickets are kind of between 50 and 100 quid, depending when you go and how you go. Um, ferry tickets are a little bit cheaper than that again. Um, and then public transport from Belfast to Bangor is regular and quite cheap as well. So um, uh, yeah, I was so I was actually one of the guys was actually saying to me today. The, there's a Premier Inn I think in Bangor, mm-hmm. which is charging I think it's just under forty quid a night for a room. So like uh, finding somewhere to stay is going to be really cheap as well. I could find anywhere cheaper than that. I mean, I'm gutted because it's so short notice I can't go because my mum and dad live five minutes drive away from that shop. So, yeah. you know, I, I could be coming over with a, a car full of cis takers on the ferry and it would cost us nothing. Um, and my mum and dad would be imposed on. But um, yeah. unfortunately, it's it's just too too close for me four weeks out. But uh, well, people yeah, without wives and kids. Well. well, exactly. If you've not got wife, wives or kids or hundreds of people to buy Christmas presents for, then um, it might be worth thinking about making the, the journey over. So um, all that said... Thank you very much for coming on, Gary. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure being on. And as I say, goodbye from Colm. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye from Gary. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Till next time. Cheerio. Ooh, do you hear that, lads? He says we'll blunt the knives. Blunt the knives, bend the forks. Smash the bottles and burn the corks. the glasses and crack the plates. Bill Bob Baggins hates Cut the clock, turn the back Leave the room for the bedroom act For the bedroom act